What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Ted Jones World Podcast. Guys, today we have a very special guest on the couch with me. about all your guests? You know what I do, but today, actually, I mean it. We're a little bit loud here. Let me let me turn this down. How's it going? Oscar Aiden, host at The Stand. Is that a good way to introduce you? You can say, like, you've seen me on Bravo. You've yes. seen me on Logo. Um, actually, I was on Bravo. I don't use that as a credit. I don't think. I don't even think I knew that. Yeah, Explain. I was on. Um, I was on Millionaire Matchmaker. Wh- wow. So I wait, what, what side were you on? Were you like setting up millionaires with other people, or no, were you the millionaire? So, billionaire so, oh, said. please, I wish I wouldn't be dressed in all TJ Maxx. <laughs> yeah, I love I it. I wouldn't be dressed in. I wasn't. I wouldn't be dressed as a Maxinista. <laughs> uh, no. So what happened was, is I actually. Um, so I was on their kind of like pilot version of the gay millionaire matchmaker. Okay. So they had two so it was the episode is called Brooklyn versus Bro the episode is called Brooklyn versus Botox. Uh-huh. And they had two sections. It was the straight there was the straight guy and then the gay guy. So they Brought out the straight guy. I remember, it, like, all the gay men are standing around, and all these people were friends with the casting person and then the producer. And they were like, we desperately need someone. And all the gay men were like, fine, whatever. So they bring out the first guy, and every gay man is like, oh, my God, he's <laughs> gorgeous. They're like, oh, my God, he's so hot. And then they bring out the millionaire, and every gay man was like, I want to go home. Why? He just wasn't he was attractive? Just, you know, uh, it was one of those things where you're like, you have this fantasy of what you think a millionaire is going to sure, look like. Sure, sure. And you're like, oh, because you, if you've watched the show, a lot of the times the millionaires were very good looking. Yeah. And so, you know, this one kind of looked like a short, skinny version of George Costanza. I, I mean, how old is this guy? Oh, my God. I don't know. He was probably maybe in his late 30s, okay. early 40s. So I was going to say, maybe if he was, like, older, if he was, like, 50. I feel like nowadays, I mean, it's just becoming easier to be a millionaire. I don't want to say that it's easy to become a millionaire, but it's definitely becoming easier. And there are oh way God. No, more you can say It's easier to become you know a millionaire. I mean? Yeah. So, I, I mean, like, I feel like when you say millionaire these days, people are making these big pictures of people that may not be as big of pictures as themselves. It's you know? not as uh, it's not as fabulous as it was in like the late 90s. Sure, early yeah, 2000s. with inflation. When you whatever. were a millionaire in the late 90s and 2000s, yeah, it, was it was like, it. wow, yeah, holy yeah. shit. Now it's like you can make, I know people who have made millions doing, you know, like OnlyFans or bi- <laughs> yeah. or like uh, Bitcoin or yeah, all yeah, that sure. stuff. So it doesn't like, it doesn't matter anymore. And it's like, it's almost like people... You know, a million is like a, a million now is like a hundred thousand dollars. Well, you take well, yeah, like a hundred thousand dollars a month for sure. Do you know? I mean, we know a couple of people in the comedy industry that do OnlyFans, but do you have more people that you know that do it like on a, a regular basis in terms of their main income? No, I never really got into that. Uh-huh. I kind of just kind of sh- thought about it for me a little bit. So this is an interesting <laughs> topic. <laughs> All right, let's talk so, about it. So you on OnlyFans, like, okay, so like what would your niche be? I think I would, 
Well, I would need to be in a position where I think I'm comfortable taking almost fully nudes or, you know, shirtless and underwear pics. That's what my niche, I think, would be. Or do you need to be more specific than that? Like, do I need to be the foot guy? Well, I mean, like, here's the thing. Like, how are you, you know, what is going to... So so funny that we're talking about this. <laughs> but like, what is going to set you aside from the rest of the? I think maybe I well, guys. I have I have like prop mics all around the house. I have like this equipment. I think it could be like a good shot if I was like shirtless on in the podcast studio, something like that with the headphones on. You could I've do never like fully a, thought about it. I'm, you could I'm, do like a boxer you know. brief podcast, right? Oh yeah, that's actually true. You know, do like little segments with that. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, if I do like two minute episodes a week, I'm sure that would do. In well. your box of briefs, they have to be tight. Yes, of course. And a semi would probably get you more. I've never actually been on OnlyFans, believe it or not. Oh, but it, sometimes you don't need to even need to do nudity. I know people like I've gone like so on Twitter. Sometimes they will have like a, a friend will send me like a Twitter account, and that Twitter account will have like videos but those videos are what they upload to OnlyFans, and it's like a preview and you'd be surprised that a lot of times there's not a lot of nudity involved right it's like you in your underwear with a hat on smoking a cigarette like people have that fantasy right and so they want the person to live that fantasy out and sometimes it's like it's not even a nudity thing it's just like oh what's this fantasy that i can get from this person to help me fulfill a desire that I have. Also, like, I feel like there are a lot of notable... Psychologically technical. (laughs) There are a lot of notable celebrities on it, too, who, like, don't get naked and will make millions of dollars a month. I mean, here's the thing. Think of it this way, okay? You post one video, you start getting 10 subscribers, okay? 10 subscribers, you charge them $5 $5 a month. That's 50 bucks a month, Uh okay? And then you up that to 100 and now you're at $500 a month. So now 100 people in the United States or beyond, 100, people think that's a high number, yeah. but not really. Sure. And they're willing to pay $5 a month. People who are stuck at home, can't really do anything, don't like to go out, are very introvert, you know, maybe have a fantasy on the side that mm-hmm. they like looking at. 100 people, you're making $500 extra a month. I mean the le- the the it's amazing the shame that comes with yeah. OnlyFans yeah because you're like you're making good money sometimes not even being nude uh-huh. and that's hysterical. It's like why do we still have porn websites? I think they're trying to kind of change the narrative around OnlyFans. Like they're trying to make it less nudity prone. I think. But I mean, they, I mean, they started off with like the XXX pictures. I feel like going, starting off with the nude and then trying to get back to, you know, a respectable model kind of social media app is difficult. You know, if they started off with like soft core pictures and like just bikinis and then, you know, you slowly got to the nip slips or whatever it is, maybe that would have been easier. So I think actually it would have had a reverse effect because I think if you start off and then you start going into it, more people would have been more people would have avoided it. They would have actually been like, oh, no, what's happening? What's this site turning into? It's turning into trash. Sure. But if you started off knowing exactly what it is, and then you slowly transition that into maybe like a softer version, that probably could work. 
because you're still allowing people to express themselves in the way that they want to. Listen, I couldn't, I, I yeah, no, I could, I, I'd be so bored. Yeah. I would, here's the problem. I could never do OnlyFans because I would just procrastinate. Knowing that, like, <laughs> <laughs> you'd be like, oh, fuck, it's Sunday night. I got to put up a clip. I'd be like, oh, no. <laughs> like, to think about it, like, I am making money off of something. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, no. I just yeah. forget. Like, my ADHD <laughs> or my, like, procrastination would kick in and I would forget. And people would be like, why am I paying this money? Uh-huh. You know, what am well, I paying? Well, for? people love seeing you host at the stand. Of course, saw you last night at the stand, killing it per usual. Oscar Aiden, a prime time face at the stand at Comedy Club and Restaurant. And if you guys were at the Ted Jones Comedy Show last night, thank you so much for coming. We have our next show, March 15th, March 29th. Check the link in this YouTube video and we'll uh, get you guys to that next show. It'll be super fun. Oscar, we got to get you on a Ted Jones Comedy Show, too. So like April, we'll figure out a date if yeah. you're around. Yeah, I love cool. it. The last time you were supposed to come on, you caught... The virus. I did. How I got. How herpes. bad were you? How, how bad were you sick because of uh, Corona? Uh so the first. I lo- Here's my favorite thing about the coronavirus. Yeah. Oh, let's that, hear it. Here's my. Fi- this is what I love Spill about it because I think that they rebrand. I think they branded this whole coronavirus symptoms and everything. Make sure this isn't in the shop. Go ahead. Um, I feel like they branded the whole coronavirus Vi- symptoms in a. They should have just. They should have rebranded it, okay? Because their whole thing was either you're asymptomatic, you're mild, or you're in the hospital. Now. Yeah, that's that's about right. Right? Those mm-hmm. were the three kind of tiers. It's asymptomatic, yeah. mild, mild, and then you're, you're the like hosp- in the hospital. Yeah, or like ve- on the verge of the hospital. But yes, right. that's, a, that's a good enough So thing. I think they should have added like a level of called shitty. Like there should have been asymptomatic, mild, (laughs) shitty, and then hospitalization. Because here's the thing. When I think of mild, I think of, like, mild turbulence. I think of, like, mild. You're holding your your arm a little little bit. bit. You're like, okay, I'm fine. You're not looking to your friend next to you. And then I think of, like, mild, spicy, where I'm like, oh, it's okay. (laughs) I can bear it. I can get through it, right? And then you think of, like, mild herpes flare-up, right? You're like, okay, it's a little bit, but if I don't go out, it'll be gone in a day. Right. But here's the thing. Literally, there should have been shitty because I was not, like, thankfully, I was not in the, like, the hospital range, but it definitely was not mild because Uh it was, I was out for two to three days. I was knocked out. Like, I was... It was. I was tired. I was. I had a little trouble breathing here and there. Were you eating? No, I lost my entire appetite. But I didn't lose my sense of taste or smell. Okay. But the thing is, though, is that I will say, for a month until about the end of January, I didn't really have an appetite. I would eat. Wow. And then I'd be like, I'm done. I could taste the food. I could enjoy it. I could smell it. But there is a point where I'm like, I would eat, I would have like three bites of a pizza, and then I'd be done. Well, how I'd much like, how much weight did you lose in that month? You think? Oh God, I don't know. <laughs> um, I would say like at least ten to twelve pounds. Oh wow! Because I didn't eat for like two to three weeks. Did you gain it back? Oh yeah, fucking gain that shit. Back. Yeah, that was awful. You know, it's nice to see you outside the stand. The one time I did also see you outside the stand, you were getting pizza in Chelsea. Oh right? my god, Remember that's that? That right! Nice that was a nice run in. That was great. Wait, was Always a nice run in when you run into someone and you want to do the stop and chat. 
I don't know how often Avenue, that happens right? to me. It was yeah. 8th Avenue, yeah. yeah. Right outside like, of Rocco's you know, Pizza. Absolutely. We Which did has a great was grandmother. Great. It has a great grandmother. Yeah, you were saying that. And you said also they have vegan pie, maybe. Yeah, vegan know, pie. They do? I think so. Okay, we, I have to check that out. Yeah, um, but, vegan But pie. exciting, man. Exciting. I know. And so that's the thing. is like it was very, like, I don't, it was hard. Like, it definitely knocked me out uh, for at least three to four days. And then I was like, all right, good. I'm getting back. I felt fine. I got better. And then, like, I had the chills. I had everything. And then by, like, so, like, on a Tuesday night, Wednesday morning is when I felt it. By Sunday, I was feeling much better. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. I was, I would say, I was at 90% the by the Tuesday after, the week after. It's just really crazy to see this whole thing come for full circle. Like, apparently, within the upcoming weeks, the full indoor mask mandate is going to be out of the picture and you don't even have to show your vaccine card anymore I from think what I understand because New York has done such a good job of like adhering to the rules and people have been wearing their masks and things like that also I think it just was inevitable I think it was that just going to really slow down you mean that and people were going to get it like omicron was I think that's how you say it yeah 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 uh I think that was the one where people were just like it's bound to happen because as soon as I got it I knew everybody else. I remember there were like a flush of comics that got it right around the same time you did. Literally. I mean, it was like, I remember going back to the stand and, and going back to Greenwich and a few other places and they were like, yeah, we don't really have anyone because everybody was out. Mm -hmm. But what I hated the most was literally that after I finished my isolation period, a week later they were like, oh yeah, if you're asymptomatic, you can only isolate for five days. I was like, bitch, I isolated for 14 <laughs> fucking days. Like a week after, a week after that, they came out with the five yeah, day thing. Yeah, always after, like a week after, they yeah. were like, oh, by the way, you're good. And I'm like, no, bitch. So I, this past summer, like was some of the sickest I've ever been in my entire life for nine days. Like no joke, was sweating through my bed two times a day because I would nap. I'd get so sick, was so weak. Tested myself five times for Corona, two of the um, PCRs, and all of them came back negative. So I don't know what I had. I'm assuming that it was Corona, but if that wasn't Corona, I've never had it. Never had it. Wow. Yeah. For so I don't know what seven happened. or eight days? Like nine, yeah, close to nine days. It was terrible. I know a couple in Long Island. Uh, the one guy got it, was so sick, so sick, had it, and his partner, who they lived together and were quarantined together, never got it. Yeah, I've heard that too. Weird stuff. Like never. Weird stuff. It's so weird. Do you remember in the beginning when it, people were saying that, well, the conspiracy theorists were like, oh, it's the new 5G cell phone service. Do you ever hear this? Oh, yeah. I didn't listen to that. So, yeah, obviously. Because that's either. usually just heterosexual people. But just like the birds flying over the telephone wires the and falling out of the yeah, sky and just That dying. was just hetero diarrhea. So when did you um, first come out as gay, if you don't mind me asking? Oh, my gosh. We pivoted. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You're like coronavirus. Now let's talk about homosexuality. <laughs> All right. Well, you brought it up quickly, so I wanted uh, to touch on that. Uh, no, when did I come out of the I yeah. came out of the closet I think when I was twenty, twenty one. Okay. No. So not on the later side, like normal kind of side. No, kinda like later. I mean nowadays I think back when I was growing up, you know, in the um late nineties. <laughs> like the Renaissance. Yeah, back in the Renaissance era <laughs> where men could wear dresses. Uh, no, like when I was growing up, it was still kind of hard, especially in the Midwest. Where'd you really come? Just quickly interrupt. Chicago, you. Illinois. 
Well, I grew up in the suburbs of Chicago, Illinois. I grew up in Rockford, Illinois. Okay. Now, I've heard that. Is that where like Scotty Pippen has a house? Maybe. Oh, I don't know. Maybe potentially. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know right, maybe. Yeah. Um. So, but for. Uh, for me, I grew up like I always tell people Chicago because it's so easy unless I talk to someone who's from Illinois. Right. And they're like, I'm like, oh, my God, I grew up in Rockford. And they're like, oh, wow. But I just tell people Chicago. Oh, it's a new tree. Right, right, yeah. Right. It's, it's just so much easier. Yeah. yeah. I'm and sure. then uh, but back then in the Midwest, it still wasn't like a very big thing to be gay. You know, it was like there were people, you know, it was uh, it wasn't as resoundly accepted as it is nowadays. Nowadays, I'm not saying it's easier to come out, but there's definitely more support and people that make it easier to help identify with. So Does that make sense? Well, a little bit. So basically, do you find that living in New York has made the process like easier for you? Like when you go back to where you're from initially in Illinois, do you feel... Um, no, less I, accepted than you would in Manhattan and Chelsea, especially? No, I think it's more of like when you're coming out of the closet. Like back then, I think, you know, it was a little bit harder. But nowadays, I think there's more resources, more, you know, people on TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's more understanding of LGBTQ and you, culture. you see it all the time, too. Like even you're on Instagram, you're on TikTok, you're, anywhere you look, you know, you, you really see it. Um, I don't know how much you watch of like... Just TV in general. I mean, it's everywhere. You know, you watch, you watch like Euphoria. I mean, it's everywhere. Lesbian I don't want Euphoria. Days, whatever. You didn't. I started uh, like two That's and a half gay weeks porn. ago. Yeah, softcore gay porn. Started two and a half weeks ago and finished it. It was pretty quick. Did you? How, how I did. quick did you finish? <laughs> pretty quick, dude. So how did you get into comedy? Let's go. Let's um, we'll transfer to that. Yeah, yeah I love finishing. how Ted just really quickly <laughs> pivoted away from like Euphoria, gay porn, and how fast did you finish? <laughs> Oh, I love doing that. Oh, boy. No, so, like, I started comedy, actually, a long time ago, and I took a class. Uh, Not not that, that, um, what's it called in Chicago, that class? No, 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 no. It was here in New York City. Okay. And so I took a comedy class because I took improv, and I didn't fit in. Okay. Uh, I did not fit in into the improv scene. I was awful because I don't like sharing as you know, per usual for homosexuals. Okay. Uh, we don't like sharing the space or stage. And so we always want to be the star. Mm-hmm. And so I started with a, uh, I started with a comedy class. Jordan Carlos was my teacher. And he was like, I think you'd make a great comic after the class. I did their bringer. And then I did a few bringers and then that was it. I was done. And then I started back up in 2016, 2017. And I was like, all right, I'm going to do some open mics. I uh, co-hosted a show at Stonewall down in the village. Uh, and Oh, the, the, actually, the, that famous bar, Stonewall mm-hmm. Inn. So I co-hosted a show there. It was an LGBTQ uh, plus show there for about a year and a half. And then that kind of finished and draped off. And then I had to, I went through a little rough patch in my life. And so I needed to work. A lot to make money. Um, so I was, I think I had at one time four jobs. Wow. So just to kind of like make it through. And it was, I was working and then I had to work my day job. I worked at night and I worked Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday. So I literally, by like I was exhausted. Like I had no 
time to like just do any kind of comedy and my mind was not there it was too much and I kind of loved volleyball so that's where I was doing on those nights I was refing and playing and stuff like that um and that kind of took a lot of my focus for a long time yeah and then I was uh, the pandemic hit and I was like well volleyball's done <laughs> so and then funny enough the uh open mics kind of just started popping up on zoom and I was like sure why not you know pass the time so I started doing those. I started writing some. I started doing some more. I started doing some more. I was like, oh, I got to write. I got to write. And um, and what's interesting is that's kind of like my – how I kind of got back into like comedy. Trajectory, yeah. yeah, and then and then it just kind of went going and going and uh-huh. going. And I wrote and I wrote. And I remember I won – it was a small New York festival. It was a New York Underground Comedy Festival. I won that, which was really cool. You know, and I was like, that's how did I win? That's a stand-up? That's it's a stand-up, but they did it via Zoom. Uh-huh. And, you know, I talked to the guys who organized it, uh, Jim Mendrinos and John Good, who organized it. And I was like, how did that come about that I was the winner? And they were like, you were on a show with 20 other comedians, and you were last, and you got the most laughs. So, like, out of that, and then they had me come back, and so for another round, and so then I, I won that, and then I did Broadway uh, Comedy Club, which was great, and then I got spots there, and then I got spots at this Greenwich. Was, well, this, was this like this right was as, as, as the pandemic As the pandemic was kind of like slowing down a little bit, and so they this were is all reopening. pretty recently, kind of. Yeah. So right, 2020, yeah. and then I just... You know what it is? Is uh, I remember Rich at Broadway Comedy Club just yeah, gave Rich, me the Rich best. Rich Brooks, right? Rich Brooks gave me the best piece of advice. Uh, I know a lot of people have mixed feelings about Broadway Comedy Club. I only have good things to sure, say. Sure, me too. And are you serious? No, I am serious. Oh, okay, good. Serious. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. good. Uh, and also, I don't like to talk shit about places that don't need to be talked shit about. You no, know? I. We're not talking about Donnie T here. Donald no, Trump. Yeah, exactly. No, no, Go no. Ahead. I listen. A lot of people have mixed feelings. About I everywhere. Had a very, yeah. I had a very, very pleasant and great experience through their industry room. And Rich Brooks, you know, like, listen, he, he said to me, and this is the only person out of doing comedy for so long, he was the only person that ever said to me, he's like, you have good stage presence. He's like, but you have no material. He's like, you're great crowd work, but you have no material. He's like, where's your material? And I was like, what? And he was like, where is your material? And I was like, oh. And he was like, I'm going to give you a few spots. But he's like, I need to see improvement on your material. Because he's like, how am I going to give you 10 to 15 minute spots if you don't have anything to fill it? And I was like, motherfucker. Yes, he's right. So I literally took all of 2020 and just wrote. And like wrote, right, sorry, 20 and 21, 20 to 21 and I just wrote and wrote and wrote and then I kind of just kept going and kept going and then I was like you know what and every show I would say yes to and and every place that I would do it I would say yes to and I would just do everything and anything I could and then I also ran an open mic which helped because you kind of get to know more people I always say like if you want to know a lot of comics 
run an open mic. Right. Because that's where you're going to meet a shit ton of people. Because comedians are going to come in. They're going to see you. They're going to like you. They're going to be like, hey, let me put you on my show. Hey, let's talk about this. Hey, are you available? That's inevitably where the greatest time to actually try and get booked on shows is through open mics. I actually think I saw you um, within the past few months on one of those groups on Facebook, you know, the, the like NYC comedy groups. Oh, yeah, in yeah, York, yeah, you know, yeah. Talking about when yeah. you had like your checklist or whatever. Yeah, or I run the, spreadsheet. Oh, God, yeah. I love it because comedians, they are, you know, they'll work on their jokes day and night. Yeah. But they can't give you a fucking detail for a bar that they're, perform- <laughs> yeah, that yeah, they're doing yeah. it up. Or yeah, because they'll yeah, be like, hey, Oscar, um, can you add my open mic? It's Tuesdays. Um, and it's at, um, <laughs> and it's on at uh, Subway. 77. It's, and at, it's Subway. at Subway. And I'm like, what? Okay, so, I need a I need a time. I need a place, like actual address. How well, that's much a is hosting it? skill too. Which you know, one? Like setting it up and putting it together. Not a lot of people uh, have it. I, I guess. don't know. Yes and no. But I will say this: when I ran my open mic at Bunga's Den, which a lot of comedians will remember in 2015, 2016, uh, I had probably some of the best turnout at my open mics. People still talk about that open mic to this day. Nice. I had I remember all the like everybody who's up and like up and just shooting to stardom now, like Gianmarco Soraci, Maddie Smith, uh Caitlin Palufo. Gianmarco coming on the podcast tomorrow, by the way. Is he really? Yeah, 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 oh, okay. Yeah, Tell yeah. him I said hello. Yeah, absolutely. Um and uh, Gianmarco Soresi, and then Eagle Wit. Nice. All yeah, these nice Colum All these people used to come to that open mic. That's funny. And Colum actually said to me, he's like, you, he's like, I would come to your mic because you just made it fun. And that's the thing. Like, for me, I, <laughs> shocking that I have not changed. I just sexually harassed all the men. <laughs> and the women <laughs> loved it. Comics would be on stage. And they would get off, and they'd be like, and I would have a microphone too, and I'd be like, you know what? I don't even know if your set was good. I just kept staring at your crotch. Yeah, I was looking at your bulge. I was just looking at your crotch. And all the guys, they would just be like, what the fuck? I love that. But you know what, though? They all fucking came back. Yeah. They That's all funny. came back because, like, it wasn't one of those, like, douchey open mics where people are just like, you really trying like, to be too cool And it's for clicky. School. And it's like, no, we ran it. And the, li- and the women loved, like, all the girls loved coming to that open mic because yeah. I was always, like, give the love. And I would try and mix it. So, like, you know, it was never uh, – I would always do a Bucky style because I hate it when they're like, oh, yeah, come through, show up, sign up. And then the host just puts all their friends up front. And then they put the newbies at the end. And I get it. Yeah. Maybe that's how open mics work. Oh, so you work. did like a bucket pulling out yeah. the names. And maybe that's how open mics kind of do work, you know, where you, if you're newer, it is a little bit harder and there's some favoritism and there is a little bit of, you know, hierarchy. Mm-hmm. I get that. Yeah. I understand that. However, you know, I tried to make it as fair as possible. So how many minutes do you think you'd be comfortable doing on stage if you had like the most amount of time? 30 Okay. With crowd work? Yeah. 30. Yeah, yeah, 30. Yeah, yeah, but that's not a lot of crowd work. I would uh-huh. say about 30, 30 to 40 I could do. Nice. You know? Have you had the opportunity to do that long yet? You know, I have not had the opportunity. However, it is a goal of mine, but I also want to make sure that I am prepared because my totally my goal would be to I don't want to go up and not be, you know, and not have the material. Like the other day, I did 20 minutes at Broadway Comedy Club. And it was great. Yeah. It was great. I mean, the audience was very, the audience was a hard audience, mm-hmm. but I had a great time. I did 20 fucking minutes, you know? And that's the best thing. It's like you, so now I could easily probably push out 30 to 40 minutes. And 
but I need to that I mean like I don't I think of like all right what's I need to push out an hour and a half like that's my goal is an hour and a half but I'll be happy with this much you find that you're you because um oscar has a podcast by the way shout out your podcast quickly oh oscar oh oscar and you can find it on apple and spotify so having a podcast and you're by yourself on your podcast right Mm -hmm. don't you find that that helps being able to just keep talking and kind of just roll one topic to the next you know yes and no i feel like podcasts are very sometimes they can be good but they can also be hard because you always want to have guests that inevitably bring a little bit of added value. Totally. To, you like know. having you on this podcast. Oh, my God. And a little, little sugar and spice. You know, a little. Sh- I love how they always used to say sugar in the tank. I've never heard like, of that. You've sugar never heard of that? Sugar in the it's tank? A southern thing. Like it's in like the a gas very, tank? It's like sugar go. in the tank. It's like, you know, semen in the ass. Oh, all right. This, <laughs> this is PG-13. No, this is R, dudes. You can say penis in the ass. It's all good. Penis in the, my penis grandma in the... listens to the podcast, but whatever. Oh, I'll my go. God. Does she really? She, yeah, she's like my number one fan. Oh, my God. Oh, grandma. I, I lo- is she really? Yeah. You know, my family is honestly very supportive of my endeavors. And, I love and that. And I really appreciate that. I it's love great. that your grandmother is a number. I, I love you, grandmother, by the way. Um, And I hope you don't think less of me after I say I'm sugar sure in the she's going to love you, of course. She's going to say, Oscar was fantastic. Just like that, right, Grandma? She's probably dying laughing right now. Oh, my God. I love that. Wait, is this live? No. Now. Yeah, sure. Why not? We're hey, Grandma. No, she calls in right yeah. now. It's just like... Also, uh, by the way, with this um, roadcaster, you can plug in the... I don't know if you could do this on your um, podcast, too, but you can put in the Bluetooth, and then you can just hear the phone call through the headphones, and I can up. just call her, yeah. Oh, my God. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah, yeah. So this thing's got a lot of, lot of cool features. But, yeah, wow. I mean, I'm learning you know new stuff every day with this putting the vlogs and podcasts and stuff together. A lot of technical it's stuff. It's so much work. Yeah. It's a full time. I'm, I'm exhausted. It is, man. I mean, this is what this is what I'm doing. I worked at my dad's company for six and a half years, and now this is what I've been doing full time for the past 10 months now. Good. Yeah, and I love it. I love it. You know, it is a lot of work, as you said. It's a lot of fucking work. But, you know, it, it's... Um, you I'm know, exhausted. When, yeah, I'm yeah. also a homosexual, <laughs> and that is another full-time job. That is a full-time job. So People tell me, please, tell me about the social life, this underground kind of social world that I don't know about. Yeah. Well, I don't want to say that, because then people are going to know exactly where I live. So we'll probably edit that exact part out where you say my full address. But I yes. didn't say address. <laughs> you said... You know, okay, go ahead. Talk about that club. It's hilarious. <laughs> there is a uh, there is a sex club near you. Yes, sure. Yeah, there is a sex club near you that is not marked. So I didn't know about it. I've lived here for almost six years. I didn't know about it till you told me about it, yep. and it couldn't be. Isn't it funny? And closer. now when you every walk time, by, there's a, there's a guy standing out there out every night. No. Yeah. And now when you walk by, you're like, like, should I go in? (laughs) It's actually, you know, it's so funny that they, it's like these underground speakeasies. Yeah. It's really weird. But yeah, now Chelsea's, Chelsea used to be a lot of fun. Like Chelsea had a lot of really cool restaurants and bars. And then, you know, like everything kind of slowed down and a lot of the mom and pop businesses closed. Right. 
And then all these Rite Aids and Dwayne Reeds crazy, and CBS. Crazy, I mean, literally. All along 8th Avenue. All along 8th Avenue. There was like seven or eight of these Rite Aid and CBSs and everything like that. And everybody mm-hmm. was like, where are all these coming from? And what's interesting is now they're all closing. Yeah. They're all closing. And so it's kind of like New York City goes in this waves. Like it was mom and pop. Then it was like big corporation, big corporation, and now I don't know what is. Yeah, we'll see because um, you know the commercial rents really do need to come back down to a place where like the mom and pops people feel like they can still compete against right. the big corporations. So I don't know about that, but like to open a restaurant in Chelsea, I mean it's got to be insanely hard unless you're like turning out business like a place like you were talking about Rocco's Pizza where you're making okay five dollars here, five dollars here, five dollars like quick, quick, quick. I mean, it's got to be tough to turn a profit. So when I, from what I understood is I actually know a lot of the queens who are city council members for Chelsea, Hell's Kitchen, and all that other stuff. Uh-huh. Uh, I'll just keep my opinions to myself. <laughs> but what's interesting fact from what I know, and I don't know if this has changed, but what I know is that so the Lower East Side, and the reason why there are still a lot of mom and pop businesses there, is because they have a kind of like an association Historic. of lawyers, okay, association of lawyers that help them negotiate rents, and they don't have that in Chelsea. So like there is no like Chelsea Association to help them figure out rents. It's kind of like a neighborhood thing, hmm. and Chelsea doesn't have that. So if like if you go to the East Village, that's why you see a lot of these places. They still have a lot of mom and pop small stores and yeah, everything. Yeah, and like small bars. But too. Chelsea used to have that. Well, Chelsea used to be lined. Yeah, Eighth Street used to be lined with small businesses. Now it's like. Mm. Well, also, I feel like in East Village, though, if, th- if you think about it, a lot of the spaces are just smaller, too. Like, you can find a 500-square-foot yeah. bar in East Village. You would not find one of those in Chelsea. Right, you know? but that's because a lot of those spaces were then broken up and made into bigger spaces. Yeah. True. You know? So, like, if you think about it, a building or two, like, a building might have two storefronts. Yeah, and they'll just put a wall down. And then what they'll do is they'll knock out the that, wall. Yeah, that's what I saw. That's so funny you mentioned that. On the vlog today, I was on uh, 27th and 7th, and that's mm-hmm. what they're doing with, like, pliables and, like, a pizza yeah. place. Yeah. Just because the rent would just be too expensive if you're taking 5,000 square feet. Right, and that's the thing. So, like, you know, in Chelsea, they don't have that. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. I mean, I used to I I lived in Hell's Kitchen. I'm okay. Did you did you have Hell, a, a roommate in Hell's Kitchen? I did. I had I lived in Hell's Kitchen. My room was 125 square feet. Yeah, so that's basically just a queen bed. If a queen bed. It, it was a full bed and that was it. Okay. That's all I had room for was okay. a full bed. Yeah. That's it. It's crazy. And so I lived in Hell's Kitchen, hated it. And then I got my apartment in Chelsea because someone moved out, and I took over their lease. Oh wow! So how do you did you resign the lease? I had to pay seven months upfront rent because of my credit score. Oh my! But I've That's been crazy. in that building now for a long time, and it's a free market unit, so they can just kind of raise the rent to whatever nope. they want. Rent stabilized. Wow, good for you! You got a good deal. Fuck yeah! Um, walk up building. Do you know how many times I had to blow someone? <laughs> For your apartment? Oh, my God. No way. I mean, I would have done it anyway. Yeah, but no, you didn't. So (laughs) anyway, I never Um, thought I would say this, but in the future, if I thought about moving, I would probably move east. To like the East Village? Not East Village, because that's too much. But I, yeah, kind of near ish. Gramercy Park. I like a good 6th Avenue. 6th Avenue, sure. Well, that's not so so east. That's a really good spot. 14th and 6th, 15th and 6th, I'd be down to live in. That's a great area. Yeah. 16th and 6th, 
find me an apartment and I'm yeah. ready. I'll, I'd move there because that's prime location. Yeah. Like you're a block away. Like you can either go Union east Square. or west. Mm-hmm. Even 7th Avenue is great. You know? And it's so funny. I remember a friend of mine used to live on Perry Street down oh, in the yeah. West Village. Sure. And like, and I was like, oh my God, this is fabulous and this and that. And then I realized, fuck that shit. Why? It's so far. It is far. And in the summertime, I mean, sorry, in the wintertime, you oh, walk my everywhere. God, there's no re- train. Yeah, because it's close to Christopher Street, but it's not even close to the Christopher it's not Street even one. Christo- it's like four the blocks. The closest street, the closest subway that you have is either 14th and 8th mm. or Christopher Street. And then they have the path train, too. But I don't think New Yorkers figured out how to use that path train. No. It's like bizarre. You go from New Jersey or whatever. It's weird. I do. I will say this. I like the path train because it's quick, but uh-huh. I don't like the path train because it's not. Uh-huh. So how's your love life as we trans- as we transfer to the... One of the final topics here. Are we talking about stink things that stink? <laughs> no. Things that are great. <gasps> um, my love life is fine. I mean, you know, it's gay men. I mean, uh-huh. you know, well, what's that like? I mean, well, I don't know. Like, being gay and single is very hard in New York City because, you know, everybody is always looking for the next best thing. Like, there is never any kind of, like, there's never any just easy dating in New York City when it comes to gay men because gay men are always in this thing where they're like, oh, what's, you know, maybe I can get something better here or better there. Would you say that's more so than a heterosexual relationship? I think so because I think heterosexual people tend to settle and gay men don't. Gay men have very high standards. They're very picky. And if they're, those things aren't met, they're not going to do it. Yeah. Like the only the only gay couple I remember seeing together for like an extremely long time. I don't know if you ever watch Million Dollar Listing. Like Frederick Elkland's husband or partner. <laughs> do you know this guy? The broker? I don't know. I'm just talking about long-term oh, relationships. You mean the one who used to do gay porn? Oh, I don't know. Frederick Uckland, if you look him up, a big old porn star girl. I tell you right now, look it up. He used to do so much porn. I love it. How did she really transferred from the... I love how how these people are very much like, oh, you know, I'm a a good person. I'm a wholesome... Girl, please. Yeah. She did like gangbang scenes. And he by did. she, I mean he. Stop. Are you looking? This is not real. Yes. Dude, look at these. Just him. First of all, they're just fucking wiener out. Oh, my God. Stop. Yup. Gangbangs. Wow. That's crazy. I didn't know this. And there's so many pictures of him. <laughs> wow. This is nuts. All right. Well, there you go. But anyway, like you were saying, it's tough. But that's the thing is, so it's like, I, don't you love that though? What? Like, yeah, I love it. <laughs> yes. yeah, I mean, not love that, no, but, but like, it's funny because like, I love the, that there's this like, oh, we're wholesome homosexual bitch, please, girl. Yeah. You do a Google search and that queen comes that's up in crazy. like five hundred yeah, images. Closet. That's crazy, man. Yeah, exactly. You know, but no, I think dating in New York City as a homosexual it can be easy and hard. You know, because here's the thing, like a lot of people, unfortunately, in the gay community, uh, a lot of it's based on looks and very much about appearance. So your appearance is inevitably your selling point as a gay man. Now, is that true in the heterosexual world? Yes. 
You know, there is this thing where appearance does kind of get your foot in the door. But at least uh, when you walk into that building, you're going to meet a, a, a someone who is like, no, we're going to talk and we're going to understand. Or it's going to be like a job interview, right? right, right, right Whereas right. gay people, you walk in the door and there's like a casting couch. That's like how kind of like gay dating goes, right? So, yeah. So one of my one of my good friends from high school um, is gay, and he was on the couch, and he came out probably around when he was like eighteen or nineteen. I remember when he first told me, and like we all kind of knew he was gay, but yeah. it, it wasn't such a secret. But I think just initially for kids who are growing up and like finally deciding to tell people they're gay, it's like very difficult. Was it hard for you to tell your parents that for the first time? Um, I think I told my parents that I liked men and women. My dad, who lives in a very conservative Muslim country, yeah. Was like okay, whatever you but want. But do you think that that was maybe at first you you already knew that you were just gay and you were just kind of easing them into it by saying oh you were bisexual? No, I told him I was like I told him I had a girlfriend and everything right, right, like right. that. Okay. Uh, my dad, Muslim country, his whole family is Muslim. He's very much like yeah, whatever you want to do, just live your life, be happy. My mother, love her. She lives in Norway. In probably one of the most open and accepting countries in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she was there too, right? And she was awful. Okay, let me tell you something about free. No, no, no. I'm going to tell you something about free healthcare, okay? Now, my mother lives in Norway, and that country has free healthcare. Do you want to know something? My mother had a blood clot in her leg, she had to wait two months to get seen by a doctor because of free healthcare. Interesting. Yeah. So they really just take advantage of free healthcare, maybe. Oh, or maybe it's, it's not no, set it's, up. In it's a not set way. up in a way that's but, conducive yeah, 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 to yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. Also, I love Norway, and it's a wonderful country, and it's got a lot of amazing things. Pretty but people don't too. ever get sick there. Okay. Don't ever get sick there because you. It's like they have. They're doc, They people who go to medical school there go for like a year, and then they're like, "All right, I'm doing brain surgery." Yeah, and I'm like, "That's not how." It works. <laughs> what were you saying about Norway before we were talking about? Oh, healthcare. Norway's a very open, open country. country. Yes, yes, yes. You know, Norway's a very open country. I would love so to. it was shocking when my mom was very like, "Oh, what happened?" But I think mothers tend to have sometimes a closer relationship with their child than the fathers do, especially so when be, it's like a mama's boy. So would the mother be more understanding or less understanding? I think the mother, I think my mother was like kind of like, what happened? Oh, because she like I, was just seeing you for you and wasn't right. like looking at the outside, maybe right. distractions or whatever it was. Right. So, you know, and she's fine now. She's great, you know, and she's like, oh, I want you to be happy and do whatever you want. But at that time, it was very hard for her. And you, your parents are both out of the country now? Yeah. My mother lives in Norway and my dad lives in Turkey. I have relatives that live in Chicago. I have an aunt that lives there. But other than that, it's me. How often do you see your parents? Uh, I see. I try and see my parents once a year. Wow. I know. If that. There was a time oh, when wow, I didn't man. see my dad for five years. Wow. Does yeah. he ever come to the United States? Visit yeah, you? he comes every once in a while. I love my father, but we have about four good days, and then that's it. You mean like together? Yeah. Consecutively, though? Yeah. That's not bad. Yeah. I remember I went to Italy with my dad when I was 15 for like 11 days. It was one of the hardest trips of my life. Yeah. Just because they get such close quarters with your parents. You know, some you are so similar with your parents, but it's tough sometimes because you have the same traits as them, stubbornness right. or whatever that is. Oh, yeah. And like I love my dad, and I love my mother. Yeah, but yeah, like after four days, I'm like. Yeah, four days is yeah. a amount. 
So yeah. do you have I'm any good. plans to see them again? I'm going to try this summer. Depending on COVID restrictions, yeah. I'm going to try. So nice. my goal is to visit my mother. My goal is to mis- visit my father. Nice. You, potentially, you doing any shows over there? That could be fun if you work I something out like Norway, that. I think Norway, yes. I could do some shows in Norway. That'd be but fun. in Turkey, no, you don't think so? I don't know if my Gaza Strip jokes are going to go over well. <laughs> I don't know if my, uh, I don't know if my uh, Ramadan, my <laughs> Ramadan jokes are going to go over well. Yeah, well, you never know, man. Yeah. You never know. I know. So um, any other spots coming up that you're excited about um, other than your just regular weekly stuff? You know what? Check me out. I'm going to be in Arizona. I don't know if you have any listeners in Arizona. Nice. Uh, I'm going to be in... Uh, I'm going to be in Arizona in the first weekend of April. What, at the Improv? I'm going to try. I'm still waiting to hear, so if anybody knows of anything. I've got some feelers out, so we'll see how it goes. But, you know, it's a smaller community, so they kind of have their lineup set, but we'll see how it goes. Well, where in Arizona? Phoenix. Do you hit up um, Peter Fowler? He's right next to Phoenix. Oh, really? I believe so. Peter J. Fowler? Yeah. Oh, really? I think so. Yeah, let me check him. I'll, uh, I'll DM him and be like, hey. You know, where are yeah, you yeah, from? I'm sure I sure you'd be able to catch yeah. this out there. And then, uh, and then that's it. I'm going to probably I might be going to Chicago in July. We'll see. So, okay. but yeah, just check me out. Uh, I uh, Instagram. Yeah, just check me out on Instagram, which is uh, it's ITS Oscar Aiden, and, and then you uh, uh, and then on Twitter I am, uh, and then on Twitter. My handle is I have gay DHD. <laughs> That's funny. And then That's hilarious. This is hilarious. And then uh, I'm on TikTok. I just passed forty three followers. All right. right. So you yeah. just started TikTok is a TikTok's a beast of its start. own. It's a beast of its own. I didn't just start. So what are you talking about? You yeah. just passed forty three followers? What are you talking about? Yeah, I just passed forty three followers. Forty three what? Followers. Thousand? No. Wait, I don't get it. What are you talking about? I've been on TikTok for a year. Yeah? Yeah, I just passed 43 followers. All right, well, TikTok is a freaking beast of its own, dude. <laughs> Did I you enjoy care. your water? I had, I, this was wonderful. I like this. This is very relaxing. It Great, was just man. the right amount of time. Bro, thank you so much for coming on. I really course, appreciate I it. I hope you didn't it. have nervous nerves coming on oh, here beforehand. Oh, God, no. No, no, no. I'm never right. nervous. Yeah. You know, I've been through the ringer with gay men anyway, so yeah. everything else is just kind of like, you know, icing on the cake. Absolutely. Guys, Oscar Aiden, check this guy out. His podcast, Oh, Oscar, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. You put it on YouTube yet or what? I am working on I it. Because I see you with the clips. I know. I'm working on it. Okay. We'll continue to work on it. I have severe gay ADHD. So you have to understand. What's the difference between ADHD and gay ADHD? Uh, ADHD is having a hard time concentrating. <laughs> ADHD, you just see hot guys and you're like, ADHD oh, is having a hard time concentrating, plus just staring at men's crotches most of the time. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Oscar Aiden. Thank on you, the podcast, Ted. Ted Jones World. We'll see you guys next time. Peace.